My husband lost his two best friends very early in the pandemic. And I felt like because I had to be at work and he had to be at home with the kids for homeschooling. He was not able to mourn and grieve. And I couldn't be the wife and the mom because I had to be here. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente, Northern California. I'm your host, Carrie Owen Pleats. As we turn the corner coming out of the pandemic, our frontline workers have stories to tell. Stories not only of staying strong during the most difficult times of their careers, but also stories of them working through intense hardship and coming together to serve patients and one another. If you're a nurse or know of one, you know nurses exhibit an inner strength like no one else. But where do they get this inner strength? And what can it teach the rest of us going forward? In our first two episodes, we went searching for hope and it resonated with our listeners. One wrote, love the podcast. Mindfulness is the forerunner to every aspect of life. Another wrote, awesome, uplifting podcast. Thank you so much for your comments. In this episode, we hear from those on the front lines who give so much of themselves, often at the expense of their own well-being. First, I'd like to introduce Anne Williamson, who brings a remarkable 40-plus year career in nursing and healthcare leadership to Kaiser Permanente, and who's been our regional chief nursing executive for the last three years. Hi, Anne. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive. Hi, Carrie. Thank you for hosting this amazing series of podcasts. Thanks, Anne. So we have more than 22,000 nurses on our team in Northern California, which is just phenomenal. If you think about it, that's the entire population of the city of Millbrae. What unique challenges did the past two years pose for our team? It challenged us like never before. One of the things that was both a challenge and an opportunity was that it called upon us to prioritize the health, safety, and well-being of our amazing staff. Everyone on our team got into the act of caring for our patients and supporting one another. We developed creative ways to take care of our patients by continuously monitoring them in ways that we hadn't done before. We also found creative ways to bring our family members virtually to interact with their loved ones, because for most of the pandemic, they weren't able to visit. And so our teams all put together an amazing effort on these challenges. It was kind of nonstop unique challenges, and we still are facing them. You know, in our last episode, and we had a great conversation with our director of spiritual care, Jurgen Schwing. And he said, you know, we're living through scary and dangerous times. I know that people were exhausted and I saw them have real fear about what that virus could do to their patients and to them. As we know, our hospital team, it's been compounded. So can you share maybe a story of resilience among the nursing leadership team? 
Our Santa Clara Medical Center really became the epicenter of the life-saving treatment, extracorporeal life support, basically what amounts to being able to install an artificial lung. It's a way that we can breathe for patients, not through their bloodstream, not through an endotracheal tube. And this is only available in very few medical centers across the country. Our CNE there, Megan Gillespie, and the team there celebrated each and every patient, and there were many of them, who came off ECMO, as well as the teams that provided this life-saving care. Across the region, not just at Santa Clara, there were celebrations of the discharges of our COVID patients. The team the leaders, right on up to the area manager, everyone in the whole organization would have a procession when the patient left the hospital. So our teams really figured out a way to recognize the resilience of our patients and the resilience and the love that our nurses and other caregivers really showed to our patients and families. The other thing we've talked about, which is concerning for so many people, is we're having this conversation around empathy fatigue. How real do you think that is for our team? And what are we doing to help people overcome empathy fatigue? I do think it's real, but I think our teams rise above it. I see evidence of that every day. Our team is really demonstrating an ongoing ability to be compassionate, empathetic, and very caring to our patients and families. So let's bring in our other guests to this conversation. I want to invite Donna Ocampo, who is a registered nurse and clinical quality director, who for most of her eight years with Kaiser Permanente has been a nurse manager. Hi, Donna. Great to have you here. Hi, Carrie. I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing what drew you to the profession of nursing? My mom was a single mom of five. She was an activity director in nursing homes. And so every day after school or during the summer or spring break, we were following her in her nursing home job. And then she also had part-time jobs in the boys group home and then like the special recreation association with developmentally delayed children and teens. All of the kids, we tugged along with her and participated. And I think early on, the people I met in those environments, I just learned quickly and observed quickly how many people loved what they did. They worked really hard, but they all seemed very passionate and enjoyed the work that they were doing. There was no doubt I was going to be in healthcare in some form or another. I love that, Donna. And your mom sounds like an absolutely amazing individual. You managed one of our COVID units. Have you caught your breath? The first couple of years, I probably didn't have a lot of time to process and reflect and, and just, you just go, go, go. This year was a big part of that pausing mm -hmm. and taking the time to take deep breaths, but also exhaling to expel some of the things that you need to process out from the last couple years. The challenge is sustaining that and really having good foundation and practices. It's not just waiting on your one week or two weeks, you can have PTO, but like what could you be doing every day, every moment, every hour to really get you through. 
One of the things that was definitely a unique challenge for us was closed visitation. Mm -hmm. And so then we had our nursing team who had essentially be the bridge to family members. We are onboarding quite a bit of new grad RN residents. With this recent COVID spike, the visitor policy kept changing and it was like red, is it orange, is it yellow? It got, it got very confusing in the last few months. And Danielle Andrews is one of these new grad nurses, trained in Santa Rosa, but got her permanent employment with us in San Francisco in the COVID unit. Danielle was one of the last nurses that took care of this very long-term patient that in about 40 days was jumping back and forth multiple wards, but also critical care, and had his plan of care evolving. He had a lot of family and friends at the beginning, and they were there religiously all the time at bedside, taking turns to visit. But through the ordeal of the improvement and regression, the visitor policy was simultaneously also changing. The family just found it more of a struggle to come in more regularly. And so there was this time frame where no one was showing up. Mm. And it was the same time frame where the plan of care quickly was evolving to palliative end-of-life hospice. And I remember Danielle sharing with me the experience, and it's her first time. For a most seasoned nurse, end-of-life is a very challenging patient. So she had her nurse leaders really walk her through and process because she took care of quite a bit in the last week or so. I remember this patient very scared in that last week, very anxious. And he used to share with nurse leaders a lot about, I'm starting to forget a lot. I'm very scared. And I don't remember all the people coming in and out, but I can remember their energy. And Danielle, he pointed to her and he says, she's one of them where she doesn't have to say anything. The energy she brings into the room makes me feel safe. Oh, I love this conversation around energy, that positive energy, and really making sure even with closed visitation to still make that personal connection through everything. So I, I love that, Donna. When I talk to nurses, I hear they love doing something that is bigger than themselves to really want to make a difference. That often means nurses put their own needs last or they put their needs at a lesser level. Can you share how maybe you put your own needs behind those of others during the past two years? My husband lost his two best friends very early in the pandemic. And I felt like because I had to be at work and he had to be at home with the kids for homeschooling. He was not able to mourn and grieve. And I couldn't be the wife and the mom because I had to be here. And... I would fail my team in one of the most scary times if I wasn't present. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard to peel away from work during those moments. And it took us a while to reconnect and heal the relationship in the last couple of years. We have, but it was a lot of work. I'm glad you found some ways to kind of tap into that feeling of guilt and so appreciate you and what you and your husband and your family sacrificed for saving our patients. So let me bring in our third guest, Jody Frame. She's a staff RN in labor and delivery at Kaiser Permanente Santa Clara Medical Center. Hi, Jody. How are you? 
Hi, Carrie. I am good. Thank you so much for having me today. I love Donna sharing her story about how she got into healthcare. What made you decide to be a nurse? I always knew I wanted to help others, but I wanted to do a little more than that. I wanted to help women along in their birth stories. If you talk to someone who's a mom or a parent, there's always a birth story. Did they get an epidural? Did they not? Did they have a C-section or not? They most of the time will bring up their nurse. And I just thought if I could be that nurse that they remember, that is so important. That's what drew me to labor and delivery 20 years ago. Unlike some hospitals, Kaiser Permanente did not close our doors to labor and delivery during the pandemic. We delivered 4,000 babies a year at Santa Clara on the front lines through a really challenging and scary time. What did your team do to support each other? We had to change how we celebrated each other. If you're in healthcare, one of our big things is having potlucks. We celebrate each other's birthdays. We cook, bring in food. Well, we couldn't do that. We had to get creative and support each other even more than normal. Most of us are moms. We are homeschooling. So now we're a teacher and we're also a nurse. At Santa Clara, we do all high risk. We are very, very busy. So we really just had to get more creative on taking care of each other, our fears, our needs, maybe asking, how can I help you? Let me help you with this. Let me give you a break, even to exit the room for a few minutes and just get some water and just take a breath and then go back into maybe a challenging patient. I think all of those small things really helped add up and help us get through the last two years. Can you do something special around Mother's Day? Tell me a little bit about that. During the last couple of years, myself and my management team came up with something that we started called a wellness cart. I would put together a cart with drinks, treats, snacks, maybe a live well, be well item. And I would go around the different shifts and then go around and everyone could grab a snack. So on Mother's Day, I gave each nurse a long stem rose with a Mother's Day card. And I just wanted them to feel appreciated a little bit extra that day. You're a busy mom, a busy nurse. How do you stay resilient? Have you found some secret sauce for yourself? I love our Calm app. You can do just a one minute or five minutes if that's all you have for the day. There's so many wonderful exercises and relaxation. I feel we need to take a few minutes for ourselves every day before we can help others on a large scale. And I think we forget about that. It's that analogy on the airplane when you're flying, always put your oxygen mask on before you put the oxygen mask on for the kid, who's, which I always kind of feel guilty about, but it's right. You can't take care of others unless you take care of yourself. So I end every podcast episode asking the same question of all of our guests. What one piece of advice would you give our team to heal? and to help rebound from the past two plus years of the pandemic. And Jody, I'd love to start with you. 
like I've said earlier, I just think it's so important that we keep supporting each other, whether it's if you can't do something, a large scale, something small, how are you even sending someone a text? Hey, we had a hard day. Are you feeling okay? Can I help you? Just really checking in with each other and supporting each other and taking some time every day for ourselves. Donna, what would one piece of advice be from you? Life is a series of choices and do we go left or right or jump forward, hold back? Is this the right time? And a lot of people are going through these processes right now, personally and professionally. And really, we have a choice that profoundly affects how we feel about this journey and whether we choose to do it alone or together. And I think it is currently only a few courageous few ask for help. And I think finding the courage to redirect all of our daily conversations and connections to more about joy of service and hope and sharing stories of doing it together, the better we will all be rising out of the state and staying resilient through an indefinite future. I love that, Donna. Thank you so much. And what is one piece of advice you'd give to our team to heal? First of all, don't deny the impact that the pandemic and everything related to it at this time has had on your life. And practice self-care every single day. For a busy nurse, 30 seconds, just one big deep breath can restore your balance. What a wonderful conversation. I want to make sure I thank our amazing team at Kaiser Permanente and Williamson, our regional chief nursing executive. Thank you, Carrie. And thank you to all of our nurses and nurse leaders. You're the best in healthcare, absolutely the best. Donna Ocampo, our RN and clinical quality director. Thank you, Carrie. And Jody Frame, staff nurse at labor delivery at Kaiser Permanente Santa Clara Medical Center. Thank you so much, Carrie. And many, many thanks to all of our dedicated nurses and our frontline workers across all Kaiser Permanente and across this country. We could not have survived this pandemic without your hard work, your dedication, your resilience, and your passion. This podcast is one of the many resources to support your well-being. You can find additional resources from physical health tools to mental health support to how to thrive at work on HR Connect under Benefits Wellbeing. We also have a program called Live Well and Thrive to make it easy for you to find the many resources available to support our employees' recovery and resiliency. And another benefit that we have mentioned a few times today for all of our KP employees who are also members is the Calm Sleep and Meditation app. I strongly recommend it. Before we go, I'd like to know what's on your mind. Share your thoughts, ask a question, or suggest a podcast topic and writing or in a short audio clip. Send it to livewellandthrive at kp.org. You never know, we may use your comment or our audio snippet in an upcoming episode. Thank you for tuning in to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente. I'm Carrie Owen Pleats, and we'll see you next time.